Hi, I'm Sam Hawley, coming to you from the lands of the Gadigal people. This is ABC News Daily. Australia is about to have a new industrial relations system that's meant to increase wages for the nation's lowest paid workers. But businesses say it'll just lead to higher costs for employers and consumers, more strike action and fewer workers. Today, business and economics reporter Gareth Hutchins on what's set to change and who will be better off. Gareth, this industrial relations bill, there are just a few complexities to it, to say the least, which we can unpack in a moment. But first, it really wasn't easy for the government to get the support it needed, was it? And it seemed like it was in a really big rush to get this done. Yeah, the the Albanese government, in the end, had a long series of meetings and negotiations with the independent senator, David Pocock, from the ACT, they really they needed his vote to get the, the bill through the Senate. The of those negotiations is the independent David Pocock, who joins us now. Welcome back to breakfast. Morning, morning, Hamish. They finally struck a deal late last Saturday night. Well, yeah, it's been a very big month getting across this bill, consulting, negotiated, you know, most of of Saturday, and and ended up in what I think is is a, is a very reasonable uh, middle ground. Pocock had wanted them to slow the process right down, you know, to to deal with it all next year, because this is the last sitting week of Parliament for the year. But Tony Burke, the minister responsible, was determined to have it dealt with this year. Mm, Tony Burke, he was speaking on Insiders. He really was adamant that this had to get through the Parliament this year, not next year. An easy negotiation. And uh, Senator Pocock's been very clear on a series of the principles that he wanted to look at. As you know, he would have preferred that everything uh, was dealt with next year when we said we wanted to make decisions this year. It's involved a... So why was he in such a rush? It was being rushed for a few reasons. If we start with the economics, we have a really bad cost of living crisis. Inflation is the highest it's been in three decades and wages aren't increasing nearly as quickly. Um, and when inflation rises faster than wages, it means the value of your pay packet is deteriorating. So its pers- purchasing power is eroding. You can't afford to pay for the things you used to be able to pay for. And this dynamic is set to continue for ages. Look, the, the Reserve Bank uh, doesn't think wages will match inflation until 2024. But then you know, there are the political reasons for wanting to get this legislation through Parliament quickly as well. You have earned a better future And on the 21st of May, I am asking you to vote for that better future. The the government went to the election promising to do something to get wages moving. Vote for secure jobs and higher wages. If it didn't secure this deal before Parliament broke for the year, you can imagine it would be opening itself up to getting bashed all summer long for not having done, done anything. Mm, Okay, so there are political and economic reasons. On the economic reasons, Gareth, does Labor think that low wages and the high cost of living that we're seeing at the moment is because of the industrial relations system we have in place? Yeah, in a lot of ways. The unemployment rate is the lowest it's been in almost 50 years. The labour markets are tighter than they've been in decades. 
Now in the past, this would have resulted in proper wage increases. So when wet labor markets are tight like this, workers have more bargaining power. It's only fair that when the dynamics turn in their favor, you know, they start to enjoy some decent pay increases. But that's not happening at the moment. Wages are only growing now at an annual pace of 3.1%. So they're only back to 2013 levels, mm. but that's only growth in the aggregate, which means like in the total, there are still quite a few industries where wages are growing much slower than that. So in healthcare and social assistance, education and training, a public administration and safety, they're all seeing wages growth well below 3%. Now, Labor says it's particularly concerned about wages for workers in the care sector. So that's childcare, aged care, disability, support workers, mental health, because they're so important to the economy, but they're all underpaid. So we know that wages are really low at the moment, particularly in relation to inflation. Just remind me, how are wages set at the moment? What sort of industrial relations system do we have right now before this bill passes? Yes, it's a good, like, I think it's useful to think of Australia's industrial relations system as being in two halves Mm. because it helps us to understand the present system much better. From 1901 up to the 1980s, so for the first 50 years of federation, Australia was famous globally for having an industrial relations system that intentionally distributed increases in the national income to workers around the country in a way that was considered fair and reasonable. And it did that through a system of industrial tribunals and courts, centralised wage fixing and industry-wide bargaining. But over the decades, that system ended up accumulating a lot of baggage, a lot of vested interests, And by the 1970s, that system actually contributed to the economic chaos of stagflation, where inflation was growing by 10%, so wages would grow by 15, Mm. you know, to get workers ahead of inflation and up and up we'd go in this really damaging cycle. And now over the 1980s and 1990s, that old system was dismantled and a new system was built. And this is where we enter the second half of the industrial relations history, and this is the one we're living in now. In the early 1990s, the Labor government of Paul Keating introduced enterprise bargaining. Well below 50% of Australian workers now belong to a union, fewer than four in ten in fact. So with a constant chorus of demands from business to speed up industrial relations reform, it's not surprising Paul Keating is determined to extend workplace bargaining to the millions of employees who don't belong to a union. That meant Uh, Bargaining over wages and conditions could occur at the level of a single enterprise, a single business, between an employer and their employees. It it was still a form of collective bargaining because you'd have an employer bargaining with their workers as a group, but it was at a level of bargaining that was radically reduced from previous decades. And the theory was that workers should be able to bargain with their employer uh, and come to an agreement of some kind, that if everyone worked harder to improve productivity and profits increased in that business, then some of those extra profits would flow through to the higher wages. That system of enterprise bargaining definitely had its moment in the sun when Australia was opening up to the world in the 90s as a newly liberalised and globalised economy. But in the decades of this century, enterprise bargaining has really been breaking down and it's even fallen out of favour with employers. Now we're looking at a new 
industrial relations system, which this bill will deliver and it's going to pass. We know that. So what does that mean, Gareth? Are we going to return to that first half of the industrial relations system in Australia or is it a bit different than that? Yeah, it's a good question because there are a lot of um, some fears being raised that we would be returning to that first half, mm. but it's it's just not going to happen because the, the world has moved on. We don't have those industrial courts and mm-hmm. the arbitration system. We don't have the centralised wage fixing or anything like that. This this bill, it has the potential to make multi-employer bargaining more prevalent in Australia. Now, I say more prevalent because there are all, there are laws already in place that allow multi-employer bargaining. It's just that con- the conditions attached to them are so stringent uh, that it's barely been used. So this bill will make that easier to engage in. Um, and what, what's multi-employer bargaining? It's just it's a form of collective bargaining that's really quite common overseas. If, and if you think of the, the childcare sector, it would allow childcare workers who are working for different employers in the same town, for example, doing much of the same work who are predominantly women and they have traditionally not been able to bargain collectively or have not had high rates of union membership at all to bargain as a group with their employers. So it just helps to standardise better pay rates and conditions across the different childcare centres. Now, if you think about it, it's a way of preventing businesses from engaging in a like a competitive race to the bottom on, on wages. Uh, and it can help to prevent workers quitting one workplace to seek slightly higher wages in another and that's also an employer's interest because they're not losing staff all the time with high turnover. But, you know, the, the, this bill is not just about multi-employer bargaining. It's trying to address gender inequality and the gender pay gap. It's trying to improve job security for workers by getting rid of so much insecure work in the economy. There's a lot going on. Sounds all pretty good for workers, Gareth, but... What about business and employers? The opposition leader, Peter Dutton, he says the coalition won't support it because he says it will hand wage bargaining back to the unions and we'll just see a massive worker strikes. We will be opposing because uh, the reality is that this is about uh, ticking off on the shopping list for the union movement. And we can't have economy-wide strikes. Uh, It would be crippling for businesses, particularly when we're going into an uncertain period. Does he have a point? The the concern is that these bargaining provisions will allow unions to organise protected strikes across hundreds of workplaces, covering tens of thousands of employees, so long as the businesses have a so-called common interest. Mm. But, you know, I think there's a couple of things to say here. Firstly, remember what industrial action is. It's, It's a potential tactic for workers to secure better paying conditions. It's part of the bargaining power that workers have and have traditionally had. But when you think about the level of strikes that have been occurring in Australia in recent decades, industrial disputation has been on life support. Ever since uh, enterprise bargaining was introduced in the early 90s actually, you see see the graph when that was introduced and the level of days lost to strikes has just fallen and it's just kind of, it's just traveling along the surface. And Gareth, how soon will people like care workers see their wages rise? And will it be enough to keep up with the rising cost of living, which is just massive? Yeah, it's a, it's a good... I mean, so Tony Burke, has he's repeatedly asked this question and he just keeps saying, look, we don't... It depends on 
what sector you're in. Mm. So you can't you can't really nail down when the wages will start increasing. It all just depends on how it rolls out. And the the question will also be though uh, how our economic authorities uh, will deal with it if we're if we're still trying to manage inflation, and we will forevermore. If we're going to have more people who are better paid, then it would just have to start entering into the calculations for for those types of decisions. I think the reason why the Albanese government keeps focusing on the care sector is that if you look at where the economy is heading in the next couple of decades, a lot of the projected growth in jobs will be in this sector because with an ageing population, we're going to need more and more workers in this sector. So they're going to become a much bigger part of the economy as it is. And you can't have a growing number of employees just on really bad wages and conditions. You really have to lift them up. So that's why the focus is all on this. Gareth Hutchins is a business and economics reporter based in Canberra. The Australian Industry Group that represents businesses says the new industrial relations system will be riddled with conflict, complexity and uncertainty, with more strikes and fewer jobs. This episode was produced by Flint Duxfield and Chris Dengate, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer this week is Sydney Pete. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.